Are you a Saskatchewan-based Métis entrepreneur looking to start or grow your business? Welcome to Make It Your Business with Victoria Gagné from the Clarence Campo Development Fund, a recognized and successful business resource dedicated to guiding and supporting Métis entrepreneurs on their path to success. With a focus on the Métis community, we share our story and our clients' stories about starting their businesses and how we support them from start to finish. We also deliver innovative financial and professional advice to help you start and run a successful business. Join Victoria and her guests and gain an understanding of the services, programs, and support available for you. This podcast is powered by Proudmouth. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to Make It Your Business with Victoria Gagne of CCDF. Victoria, how are you? I'm good, Eric. How are you? Oh, I'm excited. I'm always excited. You, you keep bringing on guests, and I know that that's the entire purpose of your podcast, but it's just fun. It, it is just fun to hear from these different people and the success stories that they've had and, and the just the, the work that they've put into whatever their career is, whatever their business is. And I know you've got another great guest on the show today. Yeah, I, I'm so excited to have Carrie on. We've got, yeah, like you said, another another good guest with a lot of wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. So listening audience, she has brought on Carrie Capel. Carrie is a business coach and mentor for coaches, course creators, and service-based businesswomen looking to grow their income and impact online by stepping more into alignment with their innate wisdom and way of being. She's been an entrepreneur for 10 years now, growing and selling a profitable retail business and now coaching other female business owners for five plus years. She's worked with well over 200 entrepreneurs, helping them get out of their own way and increase their sales while staying true to who they are and how they want to show up in their business and life. Victoria, that is a great bio. I love that. I know. It's so fantastic. I am. I got to know Carrie through CCDF. She was a client in in my portfolio. And over the years, we started to work more closely with our Indigenous women entrepreneurship um, strategy. And Carrie has done a fantastic job facilitating some of our, our workshops. And I've I've learned, and I I knew this before, but seeing her really in her element in these workshops, just realized how much wisdom she has to share and an experience from working with her clients and and her own journey as an entrepreneur. And so I I knew I had to bring her on to share some of that wisdom. Absolutely. This is going to be great. Carrie, thank you so much for joining Victoria on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I, I think we're going to have a great conversation today. And, and what I do kind of want to talk about in this conversation is, like like your bio says, how do, how do we develop a growth mindset as entrepreneurs? And, you know, I, I know when we think about developing a growth mindset, growth can be actually scary. And there are a lot of structural barriers to growth that CCDF works really hard and develops programs to to help reduce those barriers to growth. But I think in addition to those external kind of systemic barriers to growth for Métis entrepreneurs, all entrepreneurs universally have these internal barriers to growth as well. And and so today I kind of want to talk about unlearning some of those limited, limiting beliefs and kind of unpacking that with you today. So thank you again for being on, Carrie. Uh, yes, I'm and, so excited to dive into this. 
I know it's it's gonna be a good one and so I think to kick it off and, and thinking about this developing a growth mindset and unlearning limiting beliefs I'm I'm curious from your perspective based on your experience your personal experience as an entrepreneur but then also working with clients what are you what are some limiting beliefs that you've seen entrepreneurs hold or that you've experienced that can get in the way of growth or get into the way of you mass like finding mastery in in your craft or your business or or whatever that looks like what what have you seen and experienced yeah there's there's personally a long list <laughs> so i speak from a lot of experience and with working um with so many different entrepreneurs i can tell you that every single person out there every entrepreneur no matter how successful they appear to be have these limiting beliefs not all of mm-hmm. them but some they all have some the the ones that i actually see quite a lot in women especially is i'm not business savvy that's a really huge limiting belief that Uh, a lot of them will say to me and something that in the beginning of my career definitely had that too. I'm just not business savvy. I like my art or my craft, but how do I take that and turn it into a successful business? I'm just not business savvy. So that's a huge one. Another big one for women is I'm not a financial person. I don't understand that side. It overwhelms them and they just don't think they have that skill set. I'm not smart enough. I'm not organized enough. Those ones come into play. So those are all ones that actually are quite, I would say, the easier ones to overcome. And a lot of times we have, we can really catch ourselves in those limiting beliefs. First and foremost, a lot of the work I do with with the women are like, there's actually no such thing as business savvy. Um, there's no one way to be an entrepreneur. And the fact that you have an idea and you're creating a business around it makes you business savvy in itself and really right. letting go of that. So those are those are ones that I think that women can, women, men, whatever, they all can work through. But the biggest ones that I think that are actually more on what I would say like a subconscious level that we're not always aware of, and this is a really big one that I see in, I would say like 99% of, of the clients that I've worked with and have had myself and still work through are the fear of visibility, the fear of outshining mm-hmm. others. Those are two really, really deep-seated ones that I think take a lot of inner work and awareness to really overcome. And so women just traditionally were conditioned to play small and be second fiddle. And so there comes with, with success comes a lot of visibility. As soon as you start to be successful, people start to to pay attention. And that can be really uncomfortable, right? We have, you know, everyone is human. And there, you know, our humanness isn't always pretty and can look ugly. And when people start to look at you closely, that can feel really, really scary. And with that being said, also the fear of outshining others, when we're conditioned, like even in the, in, you know, our society is very patriarchal, when women shine, that can make, that can create a lot of discomfort in other people, in other women and men, just in, in the way that our, our society has been to date. And I think we're starting to really see that crumble which is fantastic but there's still that deep-seated that that deep-seated fear there for many women right and I think it's so important to like to name that and I I can see like the kind of the first step I I would guess in in overcoming these limiting beliefs is being able to name them because like you said some of them can be subconscious so Mm -hmm. What what kind of advice do you give your clients once they get to that point where they're aim, able to na- name that limiting belief or or recognize the the fear of 
growth or of outshining others or of being more visible as they step into their greatness as an entrepreneur? What what kind of advice would you give someone who gets to the point where they can name that and recognize that it is limiting their success? Yeah, that's a really good question. So a lot of what I do with them working on mindset is I ask them really good, great questions to reflect on. Like, if you picture yourself five years out and you are successful and shining and everybody is celebrating you, who comes up? Who Who's uncomfortable? Who does that make mm. uncomfortable? What comes up? And actually everyone, whether you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur or not, can answer that question yeah. because there's typically somebody that will come up and my advice is, and it's not the other person's fault that, that you know, they come up, that it actually has right. nothing to do with them, but it's just the way that the way you've been brought up or conditioned society and all of that. But um, once they identify that source, it's really actually what I recommend they do is they sit with that fear and actually feel it in their body because your body will go into fight, flight, or freeze when you're in fear. And at a subconscious level, that fight, flight, or fear, you will start to sabotage your success, right? Because you want to get away from from that that feeling in your body. But if you can just let your body know that it, there's actually nothing there, and you do that by just sitting in it and just like grounding yourself saying like, there's, it's okay. So there, there's a lot of like, it, it's almost therapy actually, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of just sitting in it that, that really is the way that you work through it internally. And then externally, there's a lot of like, acknowledge the fear and move forward anyway, right? It's like when you're going to jump off a boat into cold water, you're like, that's going to suck when I first enter, but it's going to feel really exhilarating when I like emerge. And so it's like, it's just like, just jump, just go for it and know that it'll feel really awesome on the other side. That's such an interesting perspective to me because I think most people are familiar with like the typical interview questions or when you're starting your your career, whether that's as an entrepreneur or in industry or whatever, the where do you see yourself in five years? But the exercise of actually thinking about who's who's surrounding you, who does that make uncomfortable? And then also, I guess, who does that make excited as well to be able to sit in that, who, who are your cheerleaders? and understand that aspect of it too but I think that's such such an interesting activity do you do you do that frequently or or is like is this a continual kind of practice I'm wondering or um well yeah that's a really good question I do do it frequently because it will change like we're really conditioned you know in society but for women especially too to be people pleasers right And Mm -hmm. sometimes the things that you need to do in order to be successful is going to make other people uncomfortable because that's just not what they have. Their expectation of the way that you should show up in the world is different than the way that you actually want to show up in the world. And so it's constantly undoing that people pleasing aspect of us to say like, yeah, when I do this and I'll be successful, it's going to make others really uncomfortable like just as a as an example for me and my success like I the role in my family that I play is not the typical like 
mom role that most women are really pressured to be, right? Like my husband's the one that organizes everything and he's the one that has the the activity list and this he does the school homework, he plans the birthday parties. I definitely take a role in that, but it's more of the secondary role and traditionally that's that's the woman. And that can make other people quite uncomfortable and I'll get comments and even like I've shared with Victoria before, but my daycare my husband's the primary contact they continue to contact me <laughs> when anything goes ha- happens at daycare uh, like say there's an injury or he's sick and needs to yeah. be picked up my ki- they contact me as the first contact and it's like no that's my husband but people are just so like used to it being the woman that they can't get around that so in going back to your question it's like yeah just constantly asking yourself like are you playing small because somebody else has an expectation of you and you're not meeting it and you actually feel guilty and bad because you don't want to make other people uncomfortable, right? As women, we're nurturers. Mm. We want to see everyone happy. So there's a lot of, you know, always having to like stay in touch with why you're doing what you're doing and, you know, what's actually really holding you back. And and like 90% of the time, what's holding you back is your, your, your discomfort with making other people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And there's a lot of guilt around it too. So yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a universal experience, like absolutely as women living in a patriarchal society, there are those precondition conditioning moments. But I even think about, for example, I grew up in a really small high school. My graduating class was 20 people. And thinking about your your exercise, it's like people think they know you or have these preconceived ideas about you or or they do know you but they have these expectations for who they think that you should be right mm-hmm. and it could be that being an entrepreneur in a small town or doing something someone's never done before whether that's starting a business or going to university or you know whatever it is we all come across these limiting beliefs and there's i i love the fact that Naming the like the internal aspect of that is like you said the the fear of disappointing someone else, but also acknowledging that there are those external factors that are kind of placed on it. Like these internal beliefs don't come from anywhere. Exactly. Like yeah, and, yeah. They're not yours. They're, they're you've just adopted them, and so your job is to undo them and mm-hmm. to make it sure that it's it's not your job to to make other people comfortable. Even, even your like high school classmates, even if you're like me, like 20 years out, it's like, you still kind of have those things of like, oh man, what are they? They probably think I'm like some woo woo, whatever, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm talking about subconscious beliefs and all of yeah. those things. <laughs> but and, it's like, that's lots actually- lots of times it's not even true. Sometimes it is, but- Totally. It's totally. a mind battle. Yep, yep, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and then I'm thinking about like, you know, we've talked about how do we overcome these internal beliefs, but there are also real, I think, external factors or uncontrollable factors maybe that aren't necessarily internal that can come on you, whether that's like mental health is something I think all entrepreneurs have, have to battle because you're in such a stressful environment, whether it's the finances you put on, like your financial investment, the fact that your livelihood's riding on this. And it's things other people experience absolutely as well. But I think there are some external factors that can get in the way of, of 
being able to grow or feeling like you can grow have have you experienced anything like that where where there are see it feels like there's these external forces at work against what you want to do in your business I mean, definitely like look at the pandemic. That was an external thing that happened that really negatively affected a lot of business that you actually don't have control over. And so there's there's always going to be those things. And I think the key to that is actually having a strong internal game, but also acknowledging that sometimes it's just actually really hard and some things happen that just actually suck and there's no mind setting your way out of it. it. It just is what it is. And also continuing to always look for ways to move forward. And I think people have really proven, you know, with pandemic and everything, how resilient and adaptable and creative they are in order to be able to kind of move through those things. So, yeah. And I think the other thing that's really hard for entrepreneurs and when when we talk about mental health is, like you said, it's actually quite lonely. Even if you have a big team, it's you're, you shoulder all of those responsibilities and it, it can feel really lonely. So really doing things like surrounding yourself with people that really support you and people that you can have really deep conversations with that really can hold that space for you and hold that container for you to just really express how hard it can be and lonely it can be. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of therapy and coaching and I have yeah. a, I have a spiritual healer, a therapist, a coach. I work with everyone under the sun to to make sure that my mindset uh, you know stays as strong as possible and even that I can I can definitely have those really really hard days. So there's there's definitely things that you just you just can't avoid. Right. And and it's interesting cuz i think it's so important like like you said to be able to sit in that and recognize i know in, in the workshops we've run together we have a module on on finding that resilience and that adaptability and realizing there are things out of your control and it's it's funny how it works that it's actually really empowering once you accept that there are things that you can't control and i know i've had other clients you use the language of just accepting the outcomes not not that as an entrepreneur you can't work hard and hustle and 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 mm-hmm. come up with contingency plans but the flexibility to allow yourself to to kind of sit in those different outcomes and realize there are some things that that are going to come around and and it's just how you respond to them i don't i don't know what you think about that yeah, that's 100%. I think it's all about, I think it's also honoring, like we don't have to bypass our emotions and our, our experience to say like, oh, we're just resilient, we're going to move on. It's like, no, you can sit in the fact that that sucked. You know, the pandemic right. sucked. <laughs> and, yeah. and but just don't stay there long, you know, that's the key. Hmm. And always, always look for the, for the nugget that comes out of it. And if you can stay... Yeah. It just don't stay in victim mode too long and but just also be a human and know that that's okay for a bit and just pull yourself out of it as soon as you can and if you can't pull yourself out of it and sometimes it's actually not reasonable to think you can reach out and get other people to help you i've had to rely mm-hmm. on family therapists uh psychiatry all the things to to pull me out of the really hard stuff sometimes and that's that's 100 percent okay it can feel lonely to be an entrepreneur, but you can also reach out and get that support. It is there for you and you're not alone. Everybody, no matter how successful, I've, I've worked with people who've made millions of dollars in their career and have had these issues just as much as the person starting out or the person who just lost yeah. their whole business. So really important to know that. 
it's almost like like the language I'd use is like holding that grace for yourself and allowing uh-huh. you to have that grace. And then how do you adapt? And then how do you move on? And how do you bring people along to help you with that process? Yep. And and I know this conversation is heavy, but I think it's important to name some of these limiting beliefs that are, are like we said, universal experiences. But then as we be able, as we become able to name them and to recognize them and to develop tools to move past them, I'm curious, do you have any advice or perspective? And I know you do. <laughs> on, then how do you move into finding that alignment in your business where things seem to be coming together and you're, you're able to grow, um, whether that's just grow past yourself and, and your limiting beliefs or come into alignment in, in, in certain pain points in your business? How, how do you get from that point of, okay, I've named some of these things that are limiting my ability to grow to actually getting to that growth stage, whether that's personal growth or business growth or growth in sales, whatever that is. Yeah, I think through that process, you become really resilient. And I, my biggest piece of advice is that using what others have done as inspiration, the the ones that have went before you using it as inspiration, but also understanding that it's there's no it's not a cookie cutter approach and so really listening to your gut your intuition and taking those risks um, are are what really brings you into alignment and then that's where the excitement the joy the fulfillment all of that kind of stuff comes when we can stop operating from fear of what others will think or you know we're in we're you know yeah. disrupting the industry or we're doing really risky things and there's a lot on the line such fulfillment and joy comes from those experiences and so once you're in alignment you you just feel like it's there's like a flow to business and and I think you go in and out of alignment throughout your your you know your entrepreneurial journey it just as your life journey as well so mm-hmm. you know enjoy it when it's there and when it's not there it's not all bad it's all not all doomsday like even if you're struggling there's still really good times but just knowing yeah. that it's all happening kind of for you. Um, but yeah, I would say that like how I have found alignment is is really just by connecting with self. And the one thing that I, I tell my entrepreneurs all the time, I'm like, feel the answer first, then crunch mm-hmm. the numbers, do the, do, do the business plan, do, do the like external stuff. But, you know, coming back to like patriarchy, even in like banking and all of that, they always want to see the numbers and that's great. I think that's responsible, but I think for women, especially it's, it's really coming into alignment with what does their gut say? Sometimes there's no evidence. The numbers don't match and you've got to like have that ability to take that risk despite all the external Mm -hmm. factors being like, no, this is not a good idea. And I I understand there's some danger in saying that because I don't want to give people (laughs) the illusion that you shouldn't crunch your numbers or, or, or things like that. But my I've shifted in the past. I used to do the numbers first and then make the decision from there. Now I feel, I feel into what is right for me. And then I figure out how to get there, how to make the numbers work. There's always different ways. Um, I mean, CCDF is, is one way that feeling into a decision that I think is something that I want to pursue and getting support on the number side, seeking, yeah. seeking external support that way. So that's, you know, you found alignment when you're constantly breaking rules and you're really going with your gut and then figuring out the how after. I think that's a switch that uh, many people have to make. And w- once they start making that, that's the key 
to just really finding your own path and that fulfillment and that joy. That's the success. The, the money mm-hmm. part is you get over that really quickly, right? It's like, oh, yay, I can afford a nicer car or a nicer home, but like that lasts for five minutes. It's, it's how you feel during that process. That's, that's the success in my mind. Absolutely. And it's interesting because like, it's funny how you talk about, you know, like really feeling that answer first and then figuring out how the, how the numbers work with that. Cause I can see someone in our credit committee going like, Oh, I don't know. I know. But it's so true, but it works the other way too. Right. Where like the numbers can all make sense, but if in totally. your gut, you know, it's not the right decision for you and your business and you're not aligned, like you don't have that passion. I've had clients talk about that too, where, right? Like there's this business opportunity where they're going to take in a new product line or something like that. And it's making them money, but like the return on investment in terms of their time, in terms of like figuring out something that really isn't truly in alignment with their why. I'm going to credit Connie Buchanan, who's one of our our clients on that. I'm not going to plagiarize her here, but that's what she was talking about, how she took a product and it just wasn't in alignment. And so it took so much extra time that it didn't need to because it didn't align with her why. And it caused so much pain, even though the numbers may have made sense in terms of like a break-even valuation or yes, I'm going to make money off of this. But the actual time she ended up spending on it was crazy because it wasn't in alignment. Yeah, I 100% agree and have done had those situations happen myself where people are like, you're crazy for not taking that opportunity. And it's like, yeah, and I also, you know, know that it's just not for me and it doesn't make sense. But something about it, there's something deep in me that's just saying no. And so it's a no. <laughs> it yeah. takes a lot of courage to honor that. And Connie's one of my favorite people. So I love that you shared that. <laughs> I know. I, I loved it. Like, that's what she talks about, right? Is finding your why and having that mm-hmm. allow. And it, I think it's similar to what you're saying, right? Where it's like knowing who you are, who you want to be as an entrepreneur, what you want to do and allowing that to align your decisions first and foremost, and then figuring out the numbers after finding people to support you and figuring out how to do that, how to accomplish that goal. Um, yes. And, and it just makes life so much easier. <laughs> when you know your why, you know you're aligned, it intuitively makes sense. And then 100%. It's, it's almost like going back to the limiting beliefs conversation. You have the confidence now to, yes. to step into who you are because you have, you're following that intuition, you know, in your gut, it's right. And then it doesn't matter what, what other people are saying and, or the, the voices that come that, that cause you to limit that growth. Um, exactly and you'll always know like what's your ego versus what's your like you know inner gut feel and it's like your gut will answer within one second your brain will kick in about 1.5 seconds later so you have to like (laughs) get really good at making those like really listening closely and and acting quickly Mm -hmm. and and I guess like in alignment do you have examples maybe to just take this from like conceptual to really clear for anyone listening of, of ways you found alignment in your day to day in your business. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a huge meditator. That's been really important for me, uh, is meditation and journaling just to really get to the root of, is this the right decision or not? I also work with coaches and and healers and, and therapists to also like just have that container for me to just 
like actually talk it out. I mean, everyone knows the answer inside. I don't need anyone to tell me what to do, but sometimes I just need that container to like just say everything that's on my mind and then just have that container to figure it out, right? And so somebody just listening and holding that space for me and asking me really powerful questions, that is like the biggest thing that for me has helped me step into alignment. You know, that's that's like huge for me. Absolutely. And and you know, like we we've talked about how how important it is to find that alignment and and realize that and you know how I talked about finding your why and that are there examples in in, in the day-to-day of of things that you realized didn't align with who you were as an entrepreneur what you wanted to do and did you did you outsource them like how do you re- recognize because there's always going to be things that you don't want to do as an entrepreneur that just don't come into alignment with your strengths and abilities so how do you either develop the skills to to figure that out and bring it into alignment or or bring the right people along like what's your perspective on that in terms of like actual operationally in your business coming yeah, across definitely. those pain points yeah, and sometimes like there there are things that you don't want to do that don't feel in alignment but are like are not in a, out of alignment for you but you can bring somebody on and build your team. I'm yeah. a huge like proponent of like do what lights you up and and makes you like really passionate and as soon as you can almost afford to bring somebody on, that's when you bring them on because they're going mm-hmm. to like be that person that steps in and makes you like takes that takes your business to the next level. And I always say, do it when you can almost afford it, because if you can wait until you can afford it, it's like, that's just, it's too late. You're already like blocking your growth in so many ways. So when you can almost Hmm. afford it, you bring that person on, you might have to take like a little dip for a month or two. And then they're the ones that will really help you scale past that because you're your own limit, right? Um, So team is really, really big in, in that, in, in that perspective, I think. So that's like a tactical thing that I think is really important. It's like, it's really stick to what you're good at and passionate and outsource the rest as soon as you almost can. (laughs) Um, I I don't know. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. I love, I love that. I think it's so useful actually. It's like almost like that tipping point, right? Yeah. And recognizing Mm -hmm. when you're at that tipping point and then finding Mm -hmm. someone to help you come along because it's like almost like this is gonna be too much for me or I'm gonna grow past it and it's too late to bring that person on it's I it goes back to that intuition like it's a really good intuitive marker hopefully for people listening on when you know something needs to change it's like that you can feel it Totally. And I think a lot of like what is hard is like letting go, you know, like letting go of certain parts of your business that you want to be a bit of a control freak around and really just trusting the people to to do their job and and to 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 bring it to bring it all together. You've got to like that journey of like letting go is is super important when it comes to staying in alignment and being able to scale and grow. I think, too, like one thing that I've learned personally is like letting go of, you know, projects or expand like parts where you lots of times people will expand their business or scale something that they've realized after the fact doesn't is not really in alignment anymore. But because they're making money off of it, it's really hard to let go of. But it's actually the thing that will sink them in the end if they continue down that path because they're just burning out. And so letting go, taking those risks of, you know what, this program or 
whatever that I'm running is actually like making me a lot of money, but it doesn't feel good. And being able to let go of that is, is really big. Yeah. And I think speaking of that, I'm curious and I ask every guest this question, but it's so interesting to hear everybody's answers. Have there been moments in your career where you've experienced a failure maybe you made the wrong call or something didn't go right? Because that's also going to happen, right? As we learn to navigate listening to our intuition, we're not always going to get it right. Or like you almost need to learn how to hear your own voice sometimes. And are there times where you have experienced a failure in business and then how did you respond to that how did you overcome it ah well (laughs) failure what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) oh where do I start actually you know what's really funny is I had a really epic fail this week so that's really timely for you to ask that question (laughs) (laughs) sorry to bring up new wounds (laughs) (laughs) oh I just got through it (laughs) no it's so interesting I launched a program this week was the launch and I was so excited for it. I, you know, it's been something that's been burning in the back of my mind for a while. And I finally took action on it and I launched it and I got crickets. (laughs) And I was so deflated because first of all, I'm, you know, one of my, my biggest like strengths is, and the things that I work a lot, like practically with my clients on other than mindset is messaging and sales. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had a, I had a launch like that, you know, with sales strategies that I teach that flog, like failed. And it's like, oh my gosh, the, the imposter syndrome that came up, the, the, I had a day, let's just say that I had a day of, you know, really going into that hole of victimhood and like, what am I doing? Like, who do I think I am? Like, why am I even teaching people this? It doesn't, you know, it didn't even work for me. I can't even like do this. Right. And, um, I I even Googled jobs. (laughs) Like it was, it it was bad. It was, yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so that, that was a failure and I felt really in alignment with it. I thought it was going to really take off and, and just be like, amazing and it it wasn't and one of the things that I learned because I let myself have my day right I had my ice Mm -hmm. cream and my chocolate chips that I melt on top (laughs) and I took the next day to reflect and I realized that I actually kind of skipped a lot of steps with it I got a little bit Mm -hmm. arrogant like with myself and thinking that um I, I could skip steps and I actually didn't even take some of my own advice that I would share with other people in, in the whole like, you know, strategy side of things. And I could clearly see why it didn't really take off. So I was able to really learn from that and really see the, there's always opportunity in the failure right after. I mean, it still sucked. Mm-hmm. And I was really like kind of mad at myself for doing that, but I was able to kind of reflect and really see where I missed some steps and, and I was able to take some really good lessons from it. Um, so I know that it just wasn't meant to be at this time. And I, ha- I know exactly where, where it went wrong and I know what to do better for next time. And that's really all you can do. And that's exactly how I, I would advise my clients. Like not every launch goes perfectly for them, no matter how good we do on the messaging yeah. and the sales strategy. And sometimes that's just a way of, you know, the universe saying like, that actually wasn't the right thing, but it was in the end because of the golden nugget that came out of it. The thing that mm-hmm. I learned is actually the thing that I needed out of that. And so it's really like separating my expectations of how something should go and really just actually embracing what happened as like, no, this wasn't actually a failure. 
it was like a redirection from the universe and like, thank you, even though you could have come up with a lot more better, nicer way to do that (laughs) than put me through like a really hard week, but okay, here we are. (laughs) So yeah, that's, yeah, I failed many times in that way, but I think I've built this level of resilience that I just, I've really, and I'm still working really hard on just letting go of expectations of how I think it should go so that I can really be present to, to what is supposed to be happening. And I can take that, that nugget from it. You know, there's nuggets from success and there's nuggets from failure. It's actually equal. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how this almost comes full circle where it, it is so much of limiting beliefs is that like expectation you think someone has on you or that Mm self-imposed expectation and just letting go of that and then walking Mm -hmm. into who you are responding how you need to growing learning Mm -hmm. how how much of that like it's it's so much on expectation whether it's internal or external or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and just releasing yourself from that I, I love it and and like you said you can learn as much from your failures as your successes. And so I think to kind of close out this is let's, let's end on a, on a success too. So what's a success you've experienced in your business that we can celebrate with you? We as listeners, as, as CCDF can celebrate with you today. Oh, I love that question. You know, this is something I'm working with my therapist on. So it's a really good question right now because I used to really tie my success to how I was doing financially. So (laughs) when I had poor months, like this month is going to be actually a poor month financially for me because this launch didn't go the way that I thought. And one of the things that I've been working on is redefining success for myself. And, And I have two areas that I am now looking at as success. And that's like my client's give me such rave reviews and great feedback and they're constantly texting me and saying like thank you so much for the clarity and I just feel really seen and heard and I'm so excited about what's to come and thank you like I had a successful launch like really being able to have that kind of impact on other people and them like taking the time to to reach out to me and and say thank you that's that's success right Mm -hmm. and then the the second one is that my therapist is like what's another way that you know you're successful outside of money and it was like I lots of people reach out to me for opportunities that that's a sign of success like they want to hear my voice and they want to they want to talk to me and 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 pick Mm -hmm. my brain and and so one of the things that I'm really celebrating is that like you guys came and asked me to do this podcast. That's success because you said to me like, hey, Carrie, we really like what you have to say and we want to amplify your voice. And I think to me, that is the success that I'm looking for and trying to look for more. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm trying to get away from like the, the money and the shiny objects and the ways that society celebrates and looks at success and really trying to to look at those things. So let's celebrate me being on this podcast and being asked to be here and to, to amplify my voice. I thank you so much for that. That's Aww. CCF is just doing amazing work in that, in that area for Métis entrepreneurs. I couldn't be more grateful. Oh, thank you so much. I, I love that. And I, I love your answer on defining it through what your clients are saying about you too, because I think it speaks to like what I love about entrepreneurship and what I love about Métis entrepreneurship is that we're elevating our communities through our businesses too and and how we do that and I think you defining success that way really just speaks to that is that not only are we improving the economic circumstances of Saskatchewan's Métis to like (laughs) repeat our mission at CCDF but like 
the way you as entrepreneurs elevate the people around you through what you're doing and empower the people around you, I think is so powerful and absolutely something I love to celebrate every day and especially right now. So thank you so much. And, and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Um, I, I just feel like this has been a fantastic conversation to be able to, to recognize those things that might hold us back from growth, but then also to think about how we can come align into alignment in, in what we do. And I hope people take away that. And I know it's been a really good conversation because I've even written down that I need to put chocolate chips on my ice cream. (laughs) And that's like the (laughs) the smallest thing I got out of this whole thing. Like I got so many golden nuggets, but I'm going to write that one down too. Um, I love it. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's, it's just been so good. And I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, sharing your experiences and being really vulnerable with us today. I just appreciate that because I think there's so much power that comes from being able to to talk about failures, to talk about experiences, and then people realize they're not alone in in some of these things as well. So thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria. It's been wonderful chatting with you today. So just to close, I want to remind people that, you know, if you're an entrepreneur sitting there thinking, I need to find ways to find alignment in my business, or you know how Carrie has talked about the importance of of finding good coaches and people to ask you the right questions, just as a reminder, CCDF does have a management skills program that can help you develop some of these skills to to bring yourself and your business into more alignment. So please reach out to us, go to our website, clarencecampo.com and submit an inquiry and we'd love to help you find more alignment in your business. And, and Carrie, for those listeners that have really loved what what you said today and want to hear more, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Yeah, so th- the best way is probably through Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. So just the at Carrie Capel, K-A-R-E-Y-K-A-P-E-L-L. And then my email, Carrie at reachyournextlevel.com. And my website is reachyournextlevel.com as well. Perfect. Thank you so much again for being here today. Um, I know we've had clients that have worked with you in the past that just love the wisdom you have to share. So thank you for being willing to share some of that with us as well on this podcast. My pleasure. Carrie and Victoria, this has been a fantastic podcast. Carrie, I'm just going to echo what Victoria said. Thank you so much for being vulnerable because as business owners, we get really stubborn, right? And and those those little things, and stubborn is a good thing because that, that's what makes us, you know, good entrepreneurs a lot of times. But being able to be vulnerable and realize the mistakes and not dwell on those, that's so important. And so I took that away from this conversation. Thank you so much for that. And of course, Victoria, thank you for bringing her on the show. This was absolutely fantastic. Loved every minute of it. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Make It Your Business podcast with Victoria Gagne. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Victoria comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at CCDF, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Make It Your Business, the podcast that identifies market opportunities and provides Saskatchewan-based Métis entrepreneurs with innovative financing and business advice. Have questions about topics covered during the show? Visit www.clarencecampo.com, email us at info at or give us a call at 306-657-4870. 
Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Clarence Campo Development Fund. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor, accountant, or other qualified business service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation.